This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Welcome to another episode of I Am Gotham, the show where I, Martin Ferretti, explore Bat Family history. And usually that means that I'll be reading every single Batman in the Detective Comic since 1939. I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. Today, I will be discussing Batman number 5 from the spring of 1941. This issue has a couple stories as well. The Ride of the Missing Card, Book of Enchantment, The Case of the Honest Crook, and Crime Does Not Pay. Let's get on with the show. First up, we have The Riddle of the Missing Card. And this is a, this is a very interesting story. Because as soon as I saw the cover, I thought to myself, Oh man, this is a, a Royal Flush Gang story. Except it can't be because the Royal Flush Gang wasn't created till 1966. They first appeared in uh, Justice League of America number 43. I was like, huh, that's weird. But uh, it's it's very similar. It's so weird. I'm, I'm, I have no doubts, no doubts in my mind that uh, Garner Fox and Mike Sikowski had, uh, had read this Batman number 5 issue and kind of used it as a basis for the Royal Flush Gang. The uh, the characters aren't the same. We only have three people here. There's the Black Queen, the Jack of Diamonds, and the King of Clubs, and of course the Joker. So this one is a little bit different, and the Joker has teamed up and fought against the Royal Flush Gang in the past, but at this time they hadn't. And uh, this is a cool story. Let's uh, let's talk about this one a little bit. So if you remember from our discussion of Batman number four. Uh, the Joker gets uh, gets tossed overboard by the Batman, falls into the ocean. As issue 5 kicks off, we see three mysterious shadowy figures in a boat going through the water, and they fish the Joker out. And of course, just like in that issue, this gang of, of thieves wants the Joker for their own gang, because he's the Joker. And I guess that makes him a, a key ingredient in all these gangs. He is the clown who plays the crime, after all. So they fish him out and they tell him how they have their gang, but they want the Joker to join because that will complete them. And he ends up agreeing to be their leader. He's like, oh, you know, we have the Black Queen. We have uh, Diamond Jack, the Jack of Diamonds. He's like, I'm the Joker. He's like, we're going to be a new gang, the Four Cards. And uh, I really like the iconography once that's decided. Because there's a panel where they all like raise their right hand and, and swear allegiance to each other, and right above them is the uh, a set of cards, the, the four cards, and uh, I think that's cool. What their plan is is they're going to start a gambling ship off the coast in international waters, because by doing so, I, I'm assuming at this point gambling is is illegal in Gotham. So by being in international waters, they're able to have their schemes and have their gambling boat. But not only do they want to make money off of gambling, their plan actually is... (laughs) This is actually pretty funny. Their plan is to use their gambling boat to rob rich Gotham socialites, which I think is hilarious because, yeah, like, you know, a gambling ship maybe isn't the most... Um, honest business? Okay, so it's not an honest business. Well, it depends how you look at it. But the fact that they want to use it to rob people, I just think it's hilarious. 
So they, they always invite rich people to come on who are obviously spending their money, they're betting, and we all know gambling generally is rigged in casinos. So, you know, these people are spending a ton of money there, win some, they lose some, lose more than they win, I guess. But at the same time, anything that they're not spending, this crew is just robbing these people. Anyways, Bruce Wayne thinks this whole ship is a little bit weird. He wants to go check it out because, you know, he wants to make sure everything around Gotham is somewhat okay. And uh, he goes to the boat as rich socialite Bruce Wayne. And while he's there, he meets the Black Queen. And she finds, you know, he's super handsome. They start dancing. There's some interesting inner dialogue between both, or inner monologues between both of them. Of course, he just wants to know what the deal is, right? But the Black Queen's a little smitten by Bruce Wayne. And that's going to play a little bit into the end of the story. As he's walking through the ship, he finds the four cards out on the ship's deck. And they're talking about what their plan is. We finally learn the the point of this ship. And the Joker's there, but he's not the Joker. He's dressed up as what looks like the uh, the Colonel from, from Kentucky Fried Chicken, which is kind of funny. If that were the case, Bruce wouldn't have recognized him. But one of the uh, characters in the gang calls him out as the Joker. And Bruce is like, oh my god, the Joker, like... I need to figure out what the deal is. There's something going on. Well, the gang sees him, and they throw Bruce overboard. Of course, he climbs back out. He manages to get back on the ship, and, of course, Batman and Robin start fighting the gang. We get a, a really cool chase scene. So the Joker runs away, and there's an awesome chase scene. This is This is the first Batmobile that truly looks like an iconic Batmobile. Uh, there's a there's a panel on page eight of this to the top right. Uh, I mean, this could be like straight out of Batman '89, the movie, right? It's the, it's that kind of thing, like really slick looking, dark. It's got the back wings on the back. Uh, of course, it has a, a bat symbol on the front. And uh, up until now, I mean, we've seen some Batmobiles that kind of looked maybe a little bit like this. They were starting to take shape, but most of the time when we saw the Batmobile, it was a red car. And now we actually have, like, a cool-looking Batmobile. Anyways, as Batman is chasing the Joker through the mountains, he ends up careening off the cliff, and the Joker's like, Ha ha ha! I've lived to see the end of the man I hate the most. I've lived to see the death of the Batman. And he goes off. But of course, the Batman's not dead. He manages to climb onto a limb from a tree that's growing off the side of the, uh, up the, the cliff. Robin's fighting the rest of the gang. He ends up getting uh, kidnapped by the gang. And, of course, his plan is to call Batman and tell him, hey, I've got Robin. You need to come and try to rescue him and see if you can stop us. Batman, of course, goes to try to rescue Robin. He and the gang starts getting into a fight. We all know how the Joker is. He's always out to save himself. He, he ends up trapping the gang with Batman in a room as he sets the room on fire. And of course, the gang's kind of freaking out, but they're trying to get Batman, except for the Black Queen. Because the Black Queen realizes that Batman has a scar in the same place that Bruce Wayne does. And she's like, oh my god, it's Bruce Wayne. She's like, you can't kill him. And the gang's like, what do you mean we can't kill him? He's the Batman, he's trying to stop us, we're going to kill him. And of course, she pushes the gang out of the way, saves Batman... And as this happens, 
one of the gang members shoots the Black Queen. And as she's dying, she reveals to Bruce that she knows that he's the Batman. Really cool. Then they have a kiss, which I assume at this time might have been a little, uh, I don't know, might have caused some, some stirs, you know what I mean? Anyways, she dies in Batman's arms, and Batman goes after the Joker. Now, a storm has brewed up in the ocean, so they're on a speedboat chase. The Joker ends up going to a lighthouse, kills the lighthouse owner. Now, they don't say he kills him, but I think it's pretty clear. The lighthouse keeper falls prey to the madman's wrath. Pretty sure he kills him. Anyways, as they go up the lighthouse, Batman and the Joker start duking out again. The Joker punches Batman, who falls off and manages to grab onto the banister at the top of the lighthouse. And here comes Robin, showing his skill as a trusted sidekick. He pretty much beats the crap out of the Joker, tosses him over the lighthouse, and he falls into the ocean. And then we get to the end. Batman and Robin, of course, take uh, they get all the, the jewels and the money that the, uh, the Borg Cards gang has stolen. They return it to the rightful owners. And we get a little a little story, you know? There were four cards, but there was one that the Joker couldn't contain. And, of course, that was the Black Queen. And if it hadn't been for her, then the Batman would probably be no more. And then we see uh, a little thing at the end. Is the Joker dead? Is he not? Where is he? And we don't see him, but we do see the lighthouse with the thunderstorms in the background. Of course, we know the Joker's not dead, and I'm sure he's probably going to show up in Batman number six. But uh, I really dug the story. It was cool. It was a little crime escapade thing, as we've seen in most of these stories. But uh, I like having the, the little romantic element between Batman and the and the Black Queen. So, super cool story. The case of the missing card. Let's go to the next one. Next up, we have the Book of Enchantment. And for those of you that have read some of these before, or that have been listening since the beginning, you might remember when we talked a couple episodes ago about Detective Comics number 44, the land behind the light uh it kind of reminds me of that quite a bit actually so in the book of enchantment you know what now that i think about it it's almost the same kind of story the same setup anyway the story itself is different anyways one night batman and robin are going through gotham city trying to find some crime to stop and they come upon these two thieves who are trying to break into a house of course they easily defeat them and uh after that happens the owner of the house professor anderson comes out and he's like, oh, you know, thanks for saving me from these thieves. He's like, I need your help with something. So they go inside the house, and as it turns out, he's a scientist. And the problem that he has is that he has built this machine that is able to transport people into, I guess, the land of imagination, you could say. Into whatever book they're reading, they'll be transported into that story. Now remember, in that Detective Comics 44, this is very similar Batman and Robin end up going to the land of the giants when Robin falls asleep. Now, this is a little different, of course, because there's a machine taking him there, but uh, still still a little similar. Anyways, it turns out the professor's daughter, Enid, great name, by the way. I don't think there's anyone named Enid anymore. Uh, his daughter, Enid, was transported into Fairyland because she was reading the anthology of fairy tales, and the machine went off. And she was sent there. So he's like, I can't tell anybody about this. They'll think I'm crazy. And Batman's like, look, dude, like, you are kind of crazy. But, you know, we're, we're here for, to fight crime. We don't go and fight fairy legends. And he's like, please, like, nobody else will believe me. Like, you have to help. 
And of course, Batman and Robin agree. And actually, Robin thinks it's going to be kind of fun. So uh, they start reading from the book. The machine goes off. They get transported into Fairyland. And the first person that Batman and Robin meet is Father Time, who it's actually kind of funny. Uh, Batman's like, hey, I need you to stop for a second, old man. I have to ask you a question. And he's like, I can never stop. I am time, father time. So I thought that was cool. little play on words. Anyway, so they ask Father Time if he knows where Enid might be. And he's like, yeah, the Black Witch took her. He's like, you need to go and try to rescue her before sundown or she'll be stuck in fairyland forever. Well, as this happens, the witch flies by, sees Batman and Robin, and she uses her magic to create two golems. One's a man made of fire and one is a man made of ice. And he's like, you need to defeat these guys. Good luck. And she flies off. Batman and Robin start fighting him. And there's a little, of course, like fire and ice humor, right? So Batman starts fighting the, the, the fireman. And then he kind of like somersaults and kicks him to, uh, to throw him over. And he's like, ouch, I'm giving myself the hot foot. And uh, Robin's fighting the Iceman. And he uh, he goes and tries to like suplex him or whatever. And he's like, oh, like grabbing an icicle. Anyways... How would they defeat these guys except to throw them into each other? Because Batman and Robin are smart like that. So they throw the Iceman and the Fireman into each other. And, <laughs> of course, Fire and Ice don't mix. So they uh, they end up melting. Batman and Robin keep walking off. They find uh, the Pied Piper, who uh, tells them kind of where they might find the witch if they you know find this dragon and defeat the dragon. So, of course, Batman and Robin have to fight a dragon, which they easily defeat. Uh, matter of fact, Batman ends up blowing up the dragon's head in a pretty gruesome panel. They keep going, keep going, come upon Humpty Dumpty, who tells them they need to go up Jack's beanstalk, and uh, the giants will tell them where the witch could be found. So, of course, they go up there, they get kidnapped by the giants who want to eat them, and pretty much using the same tactic from when they fought the fireman and iceman, they get they trick, kind of, the two giants into knocking each other out, and then they find the witch's castle. So Batman and Robin fly into the witch's castle, and there's Enid, who I might say, Professor Anderson, uh, your your daughter Enid. She she's a fine fine looking lady. Anyways, they uh, they they see the witch, they see Enid, and the witch takes Batman and Robin, throws them into a jail cell with a bunch of trolls, and the trolls of course want to eat Batman and Robin, and uh, Batman and Robin duke it out with the trolls. They end up getting information from one of them on how to properly defeat the witch. And this is kind of weird because a lot of times, like, defeating witches is, like, pretty simple. This one's a little more complicated, but still kind of straightforward. The way to defeat this witch is, if you start wrestling the witch, she will start shape-shifting. Okay? I know, this is weird, but this is what happens. She starts shape-shifting. After she shape-shifts for the third time, she's going to lose her power. So, of course, Batman starts fighting the witch. They start wrestling. She turns to a lion. He's got, like, the lion in a chokehold. So the witch turns to a crocodile or an alligator or whatever. So Batman's wrestling this alligator and uh, still can't defeat the Batman. So she turns to a tiger. Batman's wrestling the tiger. And, of course, this is the third transformation. So she loses her power, turns back into her witch uh, persona, and is defeated by the Batman. And this is weird. With a terrible cry, she tears herself from the Batman, relax, hold, and throws herself over the parade. It is the end of the evil Black Witch. 
because she was defeated, she just threw herself off the edge of her castle and uh, apparently, I guess, landed on the bridge because there's a water mount around it. And, I mean, the castle's not very high, so I would think she could survive a fall from, from onto this moat. But uh, it looks like she's heading straight down the bridge, so maybe she uh, there's a little witch splatter on the bridge. Who knows? Batman and Robin release Enid, and they get on a flying magic carpet because, of course, this is fairyland. And they find the place where they entered. Batman and Robin rescue Enid. Professor Anderson's super excited and happy to see her. And uh, that's kind of the end of the story. I want to thank you for all you've done. And Batman says, we have to thank you. Never had so much fun in my life. And here's the little kicker from Robin. I'm going home to read my own fairy tale book all over again. It's a pretty cool story, the Book of Enchantment. I, I dug this one. I like these like weird nonsensical stories again a lot of time they remind me of the, the weird cookie stuff from the 60s and 70s but uh they're they're really enjoyable they have nothing to do with continuity of course but they're still really enjoyable let's go to the next one the case of the honest crook all right the next couple stories we're going to talk about really quickly though because uh, they are super short and uh the case of the honest crook is kind of an interesting one so as batman's prowling through gotham city he comes upon this robber who uh, is robbing this one store, but he's only taking $6. And yes, you might be like, that's kind of weird. Why would we take just $6? And remember, this is the case of the honest crook. As it turns out, this guy, uh, Joe Sands, he, his wife is really sick. And in order to pay for her medication, he's resorted to robbing places. But when he does, he only takes enough to cover for the medication. Because that's really all he needs. And so we get to learn a little bit about this guy, Joe Sands. Uh, it turns out that he was framed by some gangsters. Uh, like he, was, he did a hit and run because he was drunk. He actually didn't kill anybody. But anyway, it doesn't matter. He, he went to prison because he was framed by these gangsters. And now he's got a record, so he can't get an honest job. So he's resorted to going around and stealing just a couple dollars to get his wife's medication. Really interesting. And I, I never thought about that. Because usually when we get all these crime stories, especially now in in these 40s stories, it's all gangsters who just kind of want to run Gotham and, you know, have like gambling ships and, you know, drug enterprises and bring in illegal goods from in harbors from other places, whatever. Not this guy. You know, he just he he's just a, an average Joe. And that's interesting coming at, at the time that this was. I'm sure that like this wasn't. I'm sure this might have been something that was kind of common, you know, coming out of the Depression, now heading into World War II. I'm pretty sure the economy wasn't very good. So anyway, that, that's interesting. Anyway, as it turns out, Batman realizes that uh, Maddie Link is, uh, is the gangster that framed Joe Sands for murder and sent him to prison. So Batman starts going after uh, Maddie Link and his criminal organization. Um, they start duking it out. And uh, Robin almost gets killed in this. The, what is it, the, the Smiley Sykes mob is uh, who Maddie Link works for. They beat the crap out of Robin, and Batman thinks he's dead. So he, he gets super pissed. He, like, takes all these guys out. He, he ends up taking Robin to the doctor afterwards. And it turns out that, of course, Robin's going to be okay. But uh, the fact that he was almost killed really pisses him off. So he goes after this whole gang. He takes Maddie Link's down gets Maddie Link to confess. And I think he 
he put MediLink confessed like a written confession. So Batman takes MediLink into, into the court and uh, presents him in front of a judge with the, uh, the the written confession that he has. And of course, he uses that to clear Joe Sands' name. So now Joe Sands can get a legitimate job working at a store. And I don't know, but it almost seems like maybe he's working at the store that he was robbing, which is kind of weird, but I'm glad that that, uh, that, that that store owner thinks it's okay to have the guy. Because I guess, you know, he truly is an honest crook. So next up, we have Crime Does Not Pay. This is the final story of the issue, and this one is a quick, quick story, but uh, it is important because it's the first appearance of Linda Page, who ends up being a love interest for Bruce Wayne, and uh, they have a, an interesting, an interesting relationship. Uh, they, they when they end up meeting in this issue, they they already know each other. It's established they know each other. They grew up together because they're both socialites. Uh, Linda is the son of Thomas Page, who is a wealthy socialite. He's a Texas oil magnate, and uh, so of course she runs in the same circles that Bruce does. And when they meet up, it's interesting because, you know, he kind of bumps into her. She's like, you big ape. He's like, oh, it's Bruce Wayne. She's like, you sure know how to waste your life just being a rich playboy. And, uh, of course, she doesn't know it's Batman, right? Because every time he pretends like he's afraid and runs off, he's actually running off to become the Batman. Anyways, Batman and Robin try to stop a bank robbery. And uh, one of the guys gets shot. His name is Tommy. His, uh, his brother, Mike, is the leader of the gang, and they end up kidnapping Linda Page, who conveniently <laughs> leaves Batman and Robin a note saying, hey, I was kidnapped by gangsters. So uh, there's, there's a fight, of course. Batman and Robin go and try to uh, rescue Linda and uh, see what's going on. There's a huge fight between the gangsters and Batman and Robin. Of course, they stop the gang. Tommy gets saved, and uh, by the fortunes of Batman and Robin... Tommy ends up letting, uh, or the, the judge, when, when Tommy goes to trial, lends, ends up letting Tommy go because he was kind of uh, being coerced into joining his brother's gang. Of course, Linda falls in love with Batman, and uh, that's going to be an interesting relationship for the next couple of years. I think, uh, I think Linda is a love interest of Batman's for, let's see, we're in Batman number five. So probably the next 20, 25 issues or so. And uh, so we'll be talking quite a bit about her in the future. That's it for Batman number five, though. Next episode, we'll be discussing Detective Comics number 49, which is Clayface Walks Again. And speaking of love interests, Julie Madison makes her reappearance here. If you remember, Julie uh, was pretty prominent in Clayface's first appearance a few episodes ago. And then we'll also be talking about Detective Comics number 50, which is the case of the Three Devils. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you want to get in touch with me, Twitter is the best place, at Geekvine. Of course, you can follow the network at Nerd Legion. There's no I Am Gotham Twitter page because that'd just be too much. If you want to email me, hello at nerdlegion.com is the best place. And be sure to check out the website for tons and tons of other geek interest podcasts. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.